Three, two, one, action. Okay, <laughs> welcome to the official first episode of the Accidental Brilliance podcast. If you listened to the first episode, which was technically the zeroth episode, it was kind of messy. It was unstructured. I realized after we recorded it that I actually didn't mention my name, my guest's name, or the podcast name. <laughs> and there was actually a lot of interruptions. Uh, his phone went off. A neighbor knocked on the door, <laughs> and our other friend was cooking at the same time. So I figured, yeah, this is not going to be a like an official, official episode. And and none of it was about me or the podcast anyway, so I figured it made more sense to kind of have that as something separate. But this is the official first episode. I'm your host, Alex. My guest today was in the other episode as well. Yep, that's me, Quincy. <laughs> And our other friend was I, and she's not with us today, but she'll definitely be coming back. She doesn't know yet, but she will. Yep. And actually, for this first part of the episode, I was thinking that just to get better acquainted with what the show is about and myself, we're actually going to switch roles, and he's going to host for a little bit yep. and ask me some stuff, and we'll just get to know everything better. This is my show now. For yeah. the next however long. Alright, so. My first question is. Why did you start this podcast? This was a question I got from a couple of my friends. And. Basically. I consider. Like my closest friendships. To be with the people that. I can pretty much talk to anything about. Mm. Like I think what attracts me to people. The most is your mindset. And your perspective on things. It doesn't even have to be that we agree, mm -hmm. but it just has to be that you can explain this is how I see the world and this is why. Right. And I can be like, oh, that's really cool. And my closest friends are always the ones that I have the best conversations with. And forming this podcast was my way of putting it down uh, on record and just keeping a, a diary, kind of. Okay. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, Let's see. And I was too lazy to start a blog. So. <laughs> So what is the podcast about? Like what topics will be discussed? So basically it's anything that I find worth discussing. Like the world's kind of crazy, especially right now. And so there's a lot of mm -hmm. things that you could talk about. And with the guests that I know we're having on, because they're my friends, I know despite the fact that we may have a disagreement on something, at the end of the day, it's all good. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's topics from... Anything heavy, like when we were talking about the BLM protest to some lighter stuff, like we could talk about sports, we could talk about who inspires you, yeah. uh, like what's your like, daily routine and shit like that. Cool. So um, where does accidental brilliance come from? All right. When I first had the idea to come up with a podcast, I knew that the name was very important. Uh -huh. The name is essentially your brand. Yeah. Right. So I, I definitely took some time to think about this and you actually kind of helped with this, I, um, so before I started the podcast, I kind of had like a brainstorming session and kind of to help me come up with a name, mm. I asked a bunch of my friends, hey, when you think of me, like what words come wow, into your so head? That's why you were asking. <laughs> okay, I see. And I actually didn't provide any context. I was just like, hey, what's uh, when you think of me, what like words come up? And okay. I mean, a lot of them were pretty similar. They were along the lines of, you know, like, a, like what you would want in a friend, but mm. it kind of just helped get like that and accidental brilliance i feel like captured myself very well 
Because <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, bro. I think when you look back at everything, you're like, oh shit, that's a lot of stuff yeah. that like has been done. And the more I think about it, it's kind of just like, well, I didn't exactly plan for everything to happen, yeah. but it kind of just happened. And so it's along the lines of sometimes the best things kind of just come to you. Yeah. Like out of nowhere, like you ask someone like, oh, that was a really good idea you had earlier. Where does that come from? And you're, they'll tell you something like, I was driving or like I was in the shower. You know, I was taking a shit. I was yeah, jacking something off. Re- something really simple. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know. You know, as I came, the idea came to me. <laughs> I ain't never had that happen in my whole life. That's never happened to me. It's that clarity you get. I, I, I guess. <laughs> I guess, if that's a thing. No, and, and like, the funny thing to me, uh, which is kind of like an inside joke with myself, is that the concept of something being accidentally brilliant, it kind of sounds similar to, to luck, right? Uh-huh, like, yeah. Like, something was just lucky. But the thing is, I don't believe in luck that much. Okay. And, like, I'm going to explain further. So, I believe in fortune, being fortunate enough to be in a position, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Fortunate enough to be born somewhere, things are better off than in another place, right? Like, yeah, that yeah. stuff is completely out of your control, right? And that's, like, you're fortunate. But when people think mm-hmm. of luck, they think of a coincidence on the spot. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I think that's what I don't believe as much in. And then I'll just replace luck with accidental brilliant brilliance in this case so what i believe is that accidental brilliance if you will is the intersection of preparation and opportunity yeah so for example a lot of people will say like i was lucky enough to meet this person who had a connection with this guy and that's why i got to where i am Mm -hmm. right but if you dive deeper into it it's like you put yourself in that position to be able to meet that person or to even be on the lookout for like that potential opportunity and when the time came that you did meet that person that like helped you get a leg up you were prepared enough to take advantage of the opportunity when it arose so that's what i mean it's the combination of the both it's Mm. like being prepared enough for when that opportunity comes and then even with those random thoughts that come to you like let's say like mark zuckerberg and they ask you like how'd you come up with facebook and he says well he probably stole it but (laughs) um uh he says like it just came to him but at the same time, he was prepared enough to, like, code it entirely himself mm-hmm. and prepared enough to to view the world with an open enough mind for that to even be a thought that he could have. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So who will your guest slash co-host be? Kind of to just ensure that the conversation goes well. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much just having friends that I know will be good to have on okay. and it'll probably rotate through like a couple people regularly obviously like you yeah. um i whenever she gets the chance to come around yeah, yeah. we don't see her too often but yeah she's in jail <laughs> for just she's in jail just so you guys know yeah but uh yeah it'll probably rotate through a couple i mean basically what i did was after um coming to the decision like all right yeah this is something that i want to do and take on as a project mm-hmm. uh I made a whole list of, like, this would be cool to talk about, this would be cool to talk about. And then I also wrote under it, I think this person would be interesting to have yeah, on, yeah, I yeah. think. Obviously, for the last podcast, I was like, you know, I should probably have a black person on yeah. <laughs> <But>, um, <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. 
So it's dependent on the topic. And then there could be a case where it's a friend that I haven't seen in a while and I know as soon as I see them, just turn on the camera and eventually I'll come up with whatever the topic is because it just depends on what we yeah. decide on mm. talking about that day. So will there be an Accidental Brilliance YouTube channel? Um, I was considering it yeah. and I think what I have to consider further is if I do open up the channel, if it's going to be limited to the podcast or if Accidental Brilliance is, itself will become more of a like a personal brand, mm -hmm. right? Because then if it is, then that would expand into further things. Like it doesn't just have to be the podcast episode. Yeah, yeah. It could be like follow me on my daily quarantine school yeah, yeah. routine or like, you know, like Some workout vlogs. stuff. Or, yeah, yeah, basically. And and that would be fun to do. Yeah, so, yeah, that'd so be cool. we'll see. Um, let's see. Some more stuff about you. <laughs> I see your notes on here. That's kind of funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, some notes about me. Uh, I'm Filipino, which you guys will definitely hear more about. Uh, especially with some of my other friends that I have on, we'll, we'll, pop, we'll talk about it a lot. Yeah. Um, my major is mechanical engineering. Yeah, that's just gonna be hard. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, I'm turning 21 soon, which is kind of cool because you know. That means I get to drink for the first time ever, and I'm <laughs> I'm very excited to to find uh, out what that's like. <laughs> that is funny. I won't be 21 yet, so I exactly. won't be joining him. I'll let you know what it's like after. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Okay, I think that's the end of that there. Yeah, we can yeah. switch places again. All right, we're switching back. All right. If you enjoyed him being host, he may have a chance to. Yep. Again in the future. But I'm start my own podcast. <laughs> Stay tuned. Then he'll never be on this one. <laughs> no, it's almost September, which is kind of wild, bro. It's crazy because when quarantine first started, it was dragging, bro. Like I feel like March slash April was the longest two month span of my entire life. But July, from July to now, yeah, I don't even remember anything. Like it feels like July first was yesterday. It blew by. Yeah, this year's been a long year. To say the very least, it's been a long year. I was in California in January. I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> I got to school in January, and literally my my second day on campus, Kobe Bryant is dead. Oh, yeah, that's how you knew the the, the, the year was going to be whack. And we were just hanging out the night before. Right, bro. Talking about it. <laughs> my, we were talking about Kobe. Like, well, we were talking about LeBron about to pass Kobe on that. Yeah, um, and he did it. And then and he passed Kobe, and then like literally the day after, bro. What illustrated how long this quarantine has been was I saw someone and they were like, I miss when quarantine was people talking about Tiger King and boys tagging each other to do push-ups. Like that was, do you know that was all I did? <laughs> I did hella push-ups in like, when was that? Like the, the second or third week of March, I was doing hella push-ups. I it got to a point where I had to tell people like stop no. tagging me, bro. Like, I can't do this. I can't. I'm not, I'm not a strong guy. I'm not, I'm not one of those. I'm, I'm small. I can do push-ups because I'm small. I don't have a lot of weight to push up, but you can't keep pushing it. I'm not doing a thousand push-ups today. Bro, you did like an upside down push-up. What do you want me to? That he was, was like, hard. he was like on a handstand against hard. the wall doing a push-up. I can't do that. Yeah, what? I had to tell my family not to open the door. Yeah, <laughs> like I cannot do that. I wasn't I even gonna try. I think you could have. I don't think so. I couldn't <laughs> see myself doing that. School starts again soon, which we were kind of talking about earlier, and. You're living on campus. <laughs> Unfortunately, I am. 
Even though <laughs> Bro. none of your classes are in person. Commons, if you're listening. No, what I'm not even gonna do, bro. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'm not living on campus, and I got lucky just cause um I got lucky twice. So when we first got kicked off campus, I was supposed to meet with the landlord for mm-hmm. the house I was gonna stay in. Yeah. And I was ready to sign it, right? But then the world ended, yeah. and so we were like, all right, let's just postpone it until because we don't really know how things are yeah. looking. And just like meeting in person was such like a dangerous thing at yeah, the time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it still is, but Low like, key, yeah. But um, so then we didn't, and that was cool. And then a couple months into the summer, he hits me back up because things had kind of died down. Like yeah. we knew more about it. Like we knew, like all right, the chances are a lot less if you do these things, right? Yeah. And yeah, and he was like, he hit me up saying, all right, if you're ready to sign it, uh, I can meet you and your parents at the house. I can show you around, and you guys can sign the lease. And I reply saying, like, all right, let's do it, like, next Saturday. Yeah. And two days later, the mechanical engineering department emails everyone saying all of your required classes are completely online. Okay. So I'm like, oh, shit. Well, that means I don't have to stay on campus. Yeah, yeah. So I text him back saying, like, oh, well, they just told me this, so I can't. Which was lucky because otherwise I probably would Well, he might have been more understanding Mm. because it was like a like an individual person yeah, yeah, yeah. giving me the lease, right? Whereas I know so many people either in places by the university or surround, <laughs> surrounding the university and they can't get out. Common. <laughs> it's terrible. It hurts. Like, bro, it hurts. Like, I tried so many different things. It just, none of it works out, but. I guess it'll be interesting. Because honestly, I think they're going to send us home, bro. Cause I think so, too. I told I told my friends, if we get to October and we're still in school, it'd be a miracle. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. Because, like, just, like, UNC just sent all their people say, home, like, what was that, last week or the end of, or the beginning of this week? They're home already. It's, like, literally the first week they had an outbreak. They had a party, probably. <laughs> yeah, I, I promise you they, they had a party. They definitely did. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, no, my uncle said at his... At his work, um, one of his coworkers was like, I just dropped off my daughter at North Carolina, like, last week, and I got to go pick her up this week. You have to go pick her up? Yeah. You got to have a hazmat suit on or something. <laughs> Jeez. I've low-key been getting tested regularly. Like, I've been tested three times just in the summer, like, just to be safe. Yeah. One of them was because, like, I came into contact with someone who ended up testing positive, but luckily my test came back negative. But, yeah, it's, like, crazy, bro. So, like, when we get there, you know, people at our school they're gonna be partying and yeah stuff. so i feel like the same i mean they did threaten happen. us they were like uh you could get fined this much they even said you could be in jail for a year but i was Bro. like you're not doing that because yeah, if they're in jail for a year you know what that means that means they're not paying you tuition for exactly, a year. Bro, exactly. <laughs> i i don't know i don't want to talk down on, on my school i i love it there i love it i love my school too because you know I'm getting paid to go to school this semester, so... See, that's, that's, that's a problem that normal people don't have. You gotta be really smart. I was just talking to my brother the other day, because, like, he's on a full scholarship at his school, too. It's like, to be a regular person in college is so hard, bro. Because it's like, Dude, you don't have sure. any... You don't have, we don't really have any incentive. Like, you're paying all this money to go, and then your reward is a piece of paper, which, like, is gonna help you, but it's like, jeez... Yeah, uh, one of the topics I had lined up, too, was, like, is college worth it? Because I think my perspective on that has flipped. Like, prior to coming to college and then just gaining more life experience Mm -hmm. and 
meeting people and hearing like what it's like for them. Like I honestly think it's not worth it for about 80% of people. Yeah. I was going to like in my opinion, I don't think college is for everyone at all. Like when for people, sure. when people are raising kids, like when kids start to get into high school, their parents are telling them do this, this and this so you can go to college and get a good job. I know so many people that are successful and never went to college or they went to college and dropped out. Because, like, in my opinion, I honestly think that going to school is not for everybody. You can tell, like, when you're in high school, if it's something that you're really thoroughly not enjoying, going to college is not really going to help you do anything. Yeah. You can you can be successful in so many different ways without going to college. Don't get, don't get me wrong. Go, not going to college doesn't mean that you're not putting in work in some other way. You're still going to have to put in a lot of work. It just doesn't necessarily have to be in college. Definitely, because, like, you hear about, um, like, like trade school. Like, that, yeah. that's cool. Like, you could be, what is it, like, a carpenter or a plumber or an electrician, mm-hmm. and they make good money yeah, straight exactly. out. Like, you can be making hell more money than anybody in college just from doing stuff like that when you're, like, 20, 21 years old. And I haven't looked into it, but I'm pretty sure it costs way less to go to a trade school. I'm pretty sure it costs a lot less than (laughs) going to state universities. Yeah, and the thing is, um, depending on the job, right, like, obviously, if you want to be a doctor, like, or an engineer or something like that, like, there's no other way. Yeah. And and that's why there's that emphasis on, like, Mm. STEM majors. But even some STEM majors is still kind of like, I don't know what you're going to do after that. And it's just because they get pushed onto it mm-hmm. by like parents and stuff yeah. like if your parents are trying to push you to be a doctor right and let's say you major in biochem but your heart's really not in being a doctor yeah and so you graduate and you have that major but it's like well i'm yeah. not going to med school so what am i doing yeah what now? do you have that like, degree it, for yeah. at that point but i do i do hear that like in the professional world a lot of jobs like as long as you have a degree it doesn't even really matter like they don't really care what it's in but obviously the the jobs that are more profession specified they're gonna ask what your degree is in but like for a lot of jobs they don't necessarily care what your degree is a lot of times they just want to see that you've completed something yeah exactly which is to me it's kind of like what did i do all that for it is kind of dumb and that's why i like i even think now too to add to that statement where like i think it's not for like 80 percent of people right it's for those like profession specific like you want to be a doctor you want to be a lawyer whatever Mm -hmm. um even then I still think unless you get money or your parents just have it like that, you should go to a community college first. Oh, like yeah. unless you're getting money from the school or your yeah. parents have been saving forever, you'd save so much. Yeah, taking that route does save a lot of money cuz when I cuz I did that for a year and a half, I didn't do it for a full 2 years. Well, I guess the I did it for a full year and then the third my third semester I was doing both community college yeah. and the um four-year university. So, I think that like, that whole first year, I have no debt from that because I had yeah. uh, Pell Grant scholarships, stuff like that. And then when I got to is when I started to have the loans start to build up. So that, that whole first year being knocked off really helped because each semester at that school is, like, I want to say anywhere from, like, 10 to 15 grand a year. So I saved myself, like, 30 grand just from going to community college. And it's way smarter because... You get all the credits you need initially anyway, mm-hmm. and yeah. you end up at the school that you want to be later, and then it really just matters where you graduate from. Yeah, that's true, too, because a lot of people look at community college as something that's, like, lesser, and it is a whole lot easier, but like you said, it just matters where your degree is from, and you're going to save a lot of money, and 
the credit that you get is going to come from a lot less stress because the classes are easier. Yeah, I know a couple people that went to community college and, like, some family as well. And what they were saying was that the biggest thing about it is you can't get too comfortable. Because it's really exactly. easy to get too comfortable and then you stop caring. Mm-hmm. And then, so when you do make that switch to university, if you ever do it, uh, yeah. it's a lot harder. Because then it all hits you at once. Yeah. Because, like, for me, when I went, I told myself from the jump, I was like, bro, you're you're here because when you got out of high school, you didn't really know where you wanted to go. So this is where you start making decisions. So it's not time to take a break. It's like, let's get to it. I think my GPA there was like a 3.97. I had one B the whole time. So yeah. it was like, if you're going to go, you definitely have to treat it seriously because it is easy to feel like it's like a break. Yeah. yeah. Especially because... You're still living at home, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you like it's like high school where you go to class, you yeah, come home. And then exactly. you spend less time in class because it's a mm-hmm. college class. Yeah. And even when people say, like, community college is lesser than, that might be partially true. But the thing is, when you transfer, how you do then, like, actually shows. Like, yeah. if, it was, if you were only good enough, like, to be at community college, then that case, like, when you switch you would fail. But obviously, yeah. like, if you're focused enough, Yeah, like fine. I said, when you get there, it's, it's basically, like, you got to tell yourself you're not here to take a break. You're here to work and then make the next step wherever that may be. Yeah, no, I definitely think it's a smart move because it's just ridiculous. Yeah, bro. Like, they go up every year. Like, you would you have thought that we would have gotten, like, another refund for this semester, but not even. It's not another refund. It's just we won't increase it this time. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Like, my um my brother's school, his first two years, he wasn't on scholarship, and it was, like, 60, 70, yeah, it, it was a private school, so his school was, like, 60 or 70 grand a year. So then, when he got his scholarship, luckily he got it when he did, because they upped it to 80, and then now I think it's, like, 85 or something like that. So, yeah. And the thing is, because universities can do that because they know you have to come here. We'll keep raising it, and you don't have a choice, like, yeah. or they make it seem like you don't have a choice. Yeah. Because you'll come here regardless. Honestly, the capitalist structure of college and stuff like that is a whole other conversation. Like, yeah. Because this whole, I want I don't even want to necessarily say just, just this country, but especially this country, like the capitalist culture is ridiculous. That's a that's another topic, too. Yeah. I was going to have it, well, I was going to call it not capitalist culture. I was just going to call it eat the rich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just because uh, I think there's a bigger discussion to be had other than, like, look how selfish the rich people are. Like, I think it's a lot deeper than that. It, there's so many different aspects of socioeconomic status. There's so many different variables that play into how much money you make and the situations that you're in and stuff like that. So Right, and the fucked up thing is that that's already, like, money in its own is already, like, a deep conversation to have. But over history, classism has mixed into sexism and racism yeah, bro. which is why it gets really messed it, up it makes me wonder like what makes humans the way that we are as far as judging people based on the differences between them why has it been since the dawn of time that we like to point out differences between people and then based on those differences we like to rank things i think it's a primitive thing because i think even when you look at animals mm-hmm. like if you look at a monkey like in some cases which is funny because it's kind of the opposite um when there's like an albino monkey mm-hmm. or a gorilla or something like they make fun of that one so it's like a nature thing i don't it's it's wild yeah but i also think that the way that it's explained to people like even when talking about animals the way that it's explained to us 
is in a way to where it supports what we already think. So, like, for example, mm-hmm. when they're talking about how, like, say, what do they say? That, like, peacocks, a male peacock tries to lure a female peacock by flapping its feathers and showing how beautiful right. it is. I wonder if that's actually the case or if that's just how it's a explained. narrative that we placed on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of that, um, one thing that I think just got busted, and because it initially kind of supports the narrative of what we thought was people had always explained when someone gets pregnant that basically all the sperms fight through and it's like the toughest one gets to the egg and breaks it open Mm -hmm. or whatever but i think recently they came came out with the egg actually picks which one yeah because the narrative would still be like oh men are hunters and like yeah you know i mean they're trying to chase after like no but it's actually exactly run the world bro (laughs) no one can tell me otherwise like Yes, uh, everything is subjective and uh, different people, whether you're male or female, you can make it out of whatever situation depending on how strong you are mentally. But women run the world in my eyes, bro. They definitely do. And the funny thing is, and I was this was going to be a topic as well, but um, it's it was always interesting to me that we had never had a female president and well when i was younger that we had never had a female president and the majority of the world doesn't have female leaders mm-hmm. and i grew up and obviously i later found out why right like yeah. just cuz like the history of everything and like how deep patriarchy had been embedded but the reason it confused me and i actually think in the future it's going to be flipped is just cuz when you grow up and you have like class elections or you think of like oh that superstar student who is president of all these clubs and has straight A's it's always a girl always a girl it's always a girl that's why I think in the future it might be (laughs) yeah I I have kind of a hot take and I don't know if it's just me personally that thinks this or if it's like actually scientific but in my opinion like I have no facts to back it or, Mm -hmm. or anything in my opinion uh so like biologically men are like uh, the strongest man in the world will always be physically stronger than the strongest woman in right. the world. Right, and that's why, like, and the thing is, like, that's not a anti-feminist yeah, yeah. statement. That's just, like, if you watch the Olympics, yeah. the fastest male sprinter, mm-hmm. or, like, even the slowest top 10 male sprinter is likely to be faster than, right, and that's just, yeah. yeah. My point is that, so, I think that men are physically uh, superior to women in that sense, not in all senses, obviously, but I think that women are smarter, like more naturally more intelligent than men. Like I think that the the smartest woman in the world is smarter than the smartest man in the world. Oh, that's interesting. That's what I think because I, I think I could see where that comes from because mm-hmm. it's like, you know how it's always in the movies they'll have it too where it's like oh brains beats bronze right yeah. and then, but it'll usually be two guys right it'll be like the weaker guy can outsmart like the stronger guy but mm-hmm. if you put it as a whole then it's like well if like for the most part, girls have been having to deal with this. Yeah. Then it's something they learn since yeah, bro, they're little. Wi- like, women, I don't, I don't even really know how to explain it, but whenever I'm dealing with a man and a woman in the same situation or the same context, a woman always has a different perspective that neither of us had ever thought of, and it's usually one that is, like, more daunting to me, that, like, makes more sense and is, like stronger in my eyes and i'm not sure if that's just because of the way i feel about women like i I love women but like i just feel like women are just superior when it comes to like mental toughness and like intelligence and stuff like that no there's definitely a resilience and no for sure i think growing up 
like, yeah, like what I'm saying. When you think of like that student that does it all, it's usually a girl. Yeah. Like, and I knew a bunch in high school. Yeah, because like there's so much that they already have to deal with that like I think that they're they're innately stronger just because of everything else that they have to endure. Like a man will never be judged as harshly as a woman is because there's so many different aspects of a woman's life that that people love to pick at and there's there's been like studies done on this like even at the at the youngest level where um they studied kids playing at a playground Mm -hmm. and for the same types of behavior they would say if if it was a little boy like oh he was taking charge and being a leader Mm -hmm. and then if a girl were to do the same thing they'd say like oh she's bossy bossy sassy yeah anything like that yeah bro Right. And then um, even like further, when you get older, um, if you're trying to hire an employee or just in general, mm-hmm. a, a man with a child is seen as like, oh, wow, he's a family man. He's a father. He's responsible. Right. But then a woman with a child is like, oh, now she has a burden to take care of. Exactly. Or like, oh, her her duties are split. Yeah. And I even know women who are like subject who are subject to like a whole bunch of BS. Like I have a friend who's like. Like I said, she's one of the smartest people I know, like I've ever met, and she works extremely hard. I don't, I honestly don't know anyone who works as hard as she does. And she recently told me that somebody in her program that she's in at her school, obviously a guy, told her that she's as successful as she is in that program because she's pretty. Like, bro, because first of all, the fact that you're that shallow just shows that you, you you're not able to think on a deeper level and see that. It has nothing to do with the way that she looks. If that's where your if that's where your mind is, then you're automatically not seeing a woman for anything right. less for and anything more than her looks. Literally objectifying. Yeah, literally you're 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 discrediting all of her hard work because of the way you feel about the way she looks. And the thing is, even there, you can kind of break down that's not why, but you can stem off the reason why. Not, um, they're not on the same level. So yeah. you, you take her, right? And she's super hardworking. And it just so happens that she's, like, very pretty, right? Mm-hmm. But then if you translate that over, it's, well, she works hard. And then, let's say, because she was, you know, she looks good, it gives her the confidence to go out there and be more confident. And yeah. confidence in general is an attractive quality for any, mm-hmm. like, job, you know, academic thing, whatever. Right. And if he is saying, like, well the reason I can't do as well is because this person has it easier, then that's already, like, that insecurity is not an attractive trait out of anybody. So it's not just... Yeah, it's like his his locus of control is all messed up. He has a severe external locus of control. And when you... when If if that's the type of personality you have, it's going to be hard to find any success if uh, all of your defeats, you try to blame on things out of your control. When nine times out of ten, the buck stops with you. So... He's a psych major, but I took AP psych. I remember that shit. <laughs> you talk about the locus of control. I tried to explain it like a little yeah. bit. So yeah. As soon as you said it, I was like, wait, I've heard those words before. Yeah. <laughs> That's my mojo. Yeah. Women, y'all are awesome. I love every single one of you. Every single one of you. Yeah. Feminism. Not simps. <laughs> hey, I'm a simp. I saw something saying like, even as a joke, you shouldn't use it. Which I get, right? Because mm. it's like, um, the line can become blurred to yeah. where 
it's like, well, you're just being a regular ass person and you're yeah, the same, name calling them. Yeah, it's the same thing with like anti-racism versus saying that you're not racist is the same thing with like feminism. So like if I say something like, I don't judge women. That doesn't make me any better than the next guy. Just right, because you're supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, I'm to... not supposed to do that <laughs> anyway. Right now, with everything that's going on social, uh, socially, people are focusing on um, people of color. But what a lot of people aren't seeing is that the main focus is being placed on black men, which is understandable because black men go through a lot. But you have to look at the double minorities too. Like yeah. it's not only black men; it's black women black trans people yeah any anything like that and people are straight ignoring things like that because they're addressing one issue but they're not addressing all issues when they all go hand in hand in my eyes right and the thing is it it can be hard because there's it's hard to establish like a priorities list because obviously yeah. these are all things that have to come up but in that case because things overlap it's it's kind of like it's unfair for you to ignore this when yeah. it when it encompasses everybody yeah. but you're choosing to like kind of like that whole like when when everything first started going on with george floyd you know that trend that was going on uh all the black guys were like tagging each other saying we are black men yeah and stuff like that i got tagged in that post and i was like bro i am not making that post because why are we taking what's going on with people of color in all and we're going to specify it to black men specifically like why yeah so i took it upon myself to make my own post that doesn't only include black men but all minorities in general black men and especially the the double minorities black uh people in the lgbtq community sure. black women <clears throat> We can't see a broad issue and then try to specify it to just who we want it to because that's hypocrisy. Right. And I think it's it's kind of you kinda of gotta find a balance there because you know, have you heard the term um like BIPOC, right? No. So I only started hearing it ever since everything started popping up. Mm. I heard it at uh this one conference we kinda of had where we were discussing these issues. So basically what it is, it's and it's not all one term. There's like commas after each one. Okay. So it's black, indigenous, people of color. So okay. it's black, comma, indigenous, comma, and then people of color. Okay. And the reason they do that is because each of those groups have different issues. And while there are shared experiences, yeah. it's meant to acknowledge like it's not the same. Although there are similarities between your experiences, it's not the same. It's not a, it's not a completely shared struggle. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like the, the problem that I had with it is that, in my eyes, I think that a lot of black men are the white people of the black community. And what I mean by that is, what, what a lot of white people are being accused of now, and what a lot, of people are taking, a lot of white people are taking into account now and starting to realize is that they have privilege, right? So, obviously, black men do not have the same privileges as white men. So it's like two separate things. But what I mean by what I said is, in comparison to the other people of color, whether it be women, trans people, anybody in the LGBTQ community, and basically any double minority, black men have it best because they're not a double minority. They're right. a single minority. They're black, which which does... Um, Carry a lot. With yeah, it, it carries but... a lot. But the fact that you're a man puts you in another category as superior. And that's what I'm saying where it becomes messy when all of those things get mixed in with each mm -hmm. other, right? Where it's not just racism, but now there's sexism mixed into it. Yeah, and so, then there's 
all of it under like classism. Yeah. And that's so a lot of black men don't realize that they do have man privilege. You might not have white privilege, but you have man privilege. And at that point, you're using your man privilege to make post chains such as we are black men, this, this, and that. Like, why not include everyone in things like that? Yeah, and I've seen that with, um, like, other minorities as well. Like, it was a big thing in the Asian community where it's like, we're not white, but mm. because we're closer in complexion, it's like, obviously, we don't have it as bad. And, which is kind of difficult to say because w- when COVID first came out, there was a lot of shit yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. But um, But basically, a lot of people were saying, like, you know, when you look at the things that have become more associated with like Asian American culture, like a lot of it still originates from black culture. So how can you not give back? Like if you're talking about, yeah. you know, dancing specifically is the one that I think a lot of people were coming out against like uh, Asian dance groups. Cause it's yeah. like you dance the moves and the music and yet you have not like given back to where you're taking yeah. from. But yeah, it's, it's the whole cultural appropriation thing is, uh, another conversation we can have too. I feel like that's something that a lot of people have trouble grasping because in a lot of people's eyes, when you are culturally appropriating, you see it as paying respect to whatever group you're you're appropriating from. But in a lot of cases, you're not realizing that it's really an insult because you're trying to, first of all, you're basically stealing, plagiarizing from a culture and you're not necessarily giving credit to where you got it from, which is a whole other thing. And the line can be kind of tricky because mm-hmm. yeah, um, there are obvious cases. Like, I don't know if you saw, but um, I had posted a bit about it. And then it was like a big thing in the Filipino community because in D.C., this restaurant opened and they basically used a, a, oh, Filipino, yeah. a Filipino word as their restaurant name. But... Mm-hmm. the theme wasn't anything related none of the food or the drinks were so it was literally just like we're taking this name because it sounds cool yeah and we're using it and that's like a clear case but Mm -hmm. i think the line can get blurred in some cases where sometimes it is the intent of the group just like oh this is our way of sharing our culture so for example i think nowadays people might be more afraid now just because of everything going on but like like let's say you go to japan right i think a foreigner now would be hesitant to do something like buying a kimono right yeah but the thing is in japan i'm pretty sure they encourage foreigners to get it because it's yeah, like yeah. their way of like sharing it mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to check that though but yeah. uh that's what i've heard like so there are some cases where it's like mm-hmm. no this is our way of sharing it yeah go ahead buy it take pictures whatever yeah and like there's a case too where like i think i think one time like kendrick lamar were like like a chinese shirt and then mm-hmm everyone was kind of just like, oh, that's cool. Because, like, it's yeah. just, like, having that exposure, which is different because he's not saying, like, this is this new creation that I came yeah, up yeah. with. But, yeah. I think it's also tricky because, like I was talking about before, in this country especially, a lot of people are pretty selfish. So whenever you feel like something belongs to you and somebody else tries to do it, whether they give you credit or not, you're like, oh, they stole my idea. Versus in other countries, it might be like, wow, somebody's actually using my idea. I love that. Yeah. So yeah, and then the the line where I thought it was particularly burly is because there's even debates like within. Um, I don't know if you heard like when people were saying that Bruno Mars was like a culture appropriator because a lot of his influence are like black uh, pop R and B like 
jazz blues type singers. But the mm-hmm. thing is, some people were saying like it is because he's just taking advantage of the fact that he's racially ambiguous mm-hmm. and doing that type of music. But then other people were saying like no, literally every award he gets, he goes, I love Stevie Wonder, I love Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, like yeah. everybody. So it's kind of a yeah. hard. Solely in my opinion, I think that the best way to avoid cultural appropriation if you're going to adopt anything really whether it be physical or any ideology or even creating art that's towing the line of cultural appropriation the best way to avoid that would be to make sure you're giving credit to whoever you're getting your ideas from because if you're if you're putting your own spin on it that could be um like someone could interpret that as you trying to take it and then putting something else on there to make it seem like you came up with it. True. Or I guess what I thought could be kind of iffy about it is you kind of saying, like, I'm making it better. When it's like there was yeah, nothing wrong with exactly, it to begin exactly, with. Exactly, exactly. In a lot of situations, people should just, like, kind of... I don't want to say, like... Because you don't want to tell anyone to stay in a box, but like I said, I think you should definitely, like, just try to give credit to where it's due and then... There are certain things where it's like, just don't do, because you just can't, there's no way you can do certain things without appropriating culture. Yeah, it's a hard one. Like, eventually I was going to do one on, like, cancel culture as well, and it's... (laughs) Cancel culture is a hoax, it's not real. But the thing is, it's, it's, it's both good and bad. Like, there have been good things out of it, as well as, like, some stuff that doesn't really make as much sense but yeah, honestly i don't even if cancel culture was real like even if people actually got canceled i wouldn't agree with it and this is what like i feel like if somebody makes a mistake no matter well i don't want to say no matter what the mistake is but a lot of the mistakes that people are making when people are starting to cancel people oh you're oh you're talking about that fake one yeah that's the yeah that's the, that's the bullshit yeah that i was talking about uh yeah for sure because it's 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 hypocritical, right? For you to say, um, you know, everyone's kind of on this tip of like, every day I'm just trying to be a better me. Mm-hmm. But then you'd be like, oh, 10 years ago you did this, so you're canceled. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, you should give people the opportunity to educate themselves and change their opinion if their opinion is, is wrong. So like, for example, that whole, like when Kevin Hart yeah, got nominated to do the Oscars and stuff like that, and people went back and found some tweets that he had already apologized for. regardless. Um, he learned from that whenever it happened because of the backlash he got. So I don't think that anyone should be canceled based on mistakes that they make because you have to give them a chance to learn from them. And as long as they are given the chance to learn from like say someone does something really stupid and they have the chance to learn from it, but yet they still decide to feel the way that they feel, then it's like, okay, like yeah. I, I can't deal with that. But, if someone makes a mistake and then they receive backlash and they're like, wow, let me educate myself and see why my opinion is taken the way that it is. If they see that and they're like, oh, I get it. I should probably not do that anymore. And they make the adjustment. Then what are they canceled for? They learned. Right. So. Like no one's perfect. Like if you watch any movie and every character was perfect, it'd be a boring ass movie. Exactly. Like they go through their shit. I think the difficulty becomes in cases where there are certain quote-unquote mistakes where it's like that's unexcusable like when they when the good part i'm talking about is like when you're coming out with these uh celebrities that have been like sexual predators like Mm -hmm. that's a good thing because especially 
you know, as a grown ass man, like if you're taking advantage of your position, yeah, like on, that's bro. that's a a mistake that is not, yeah, like, like you that's chose not that. a mistake, bro. But like then, that's you, or even something where it's like they say some racist shit, right? Yeah. When when they're like a grown ass, and you knew you could tell based on how it was used, like the intent was there, yeah. And at that point, you should know better, right? But then that becomes an issue of some things where it's like. I don't know if you can really say like, oh, you should know better, especially when you examine yourself and it's like, I'm learning all the time. Yeah. You take me from five years ago or yeah, 10 years ago. There are a lot of situations where it's like, that can't be forgiven. Like how you said, when people are taking advantage of people in lesser positions than them, like, you know what you're doing. Situations like that. And then situations where, like you said, people are being openly racist and the intent of being racist is there. It's like, all right, like that's unexcusable. But in situations like, uh, recently with Drew Brees when he said he would never um, support, or, like, yeah. yeah, he would never support anyone disrespecting the flag, received serious backlash for like a whole, like literally the next day he came out and was like, I educated myself and I see that that was never the, disrespecting the flag was never the intent of kneeling. It's simply an act of using the rights that mm -hmm. um, the military fights for in order to peacefully protest. And even so, people are still like, no, no you should have no, known better, right? Yeah. Like, like he educated himself, yeah. bro. Like that's all that matters. And uh, another thing I understand, kind of, is that a lot of people are saying it may or may not have been genuine, which I understand. Like you would never know unless. Yeah. So that's why for me, it's like you can't, you still shouldn't necessarily cancel him because you will never know if it's genuine or not. So why just assume that it's not? Yeah, you you won't know unless you know him. There was this one video of. This one, and it was fun. Well, it's not funny, but you know, <laughs> um, um, basically, it was it was this guy at a restaurant, and he was like cussing out this a Asian family, right? Mm -hmm. And he was like saying shit like Trump's gonna fuck you, whatever. And then like this this waitress comes in and kind of like kicks him out the restaurant, uh -huh. which was cool. But the reason I said it was funny was because like he's obviously like racist, telling them like you know get out of this country, whatever. Yeah. Right. This country doesn't belong to you. But that dude had like an English accent, so it's like, dude, you're the immigrant. <laughs> hey, hey, where did you come from? <laughs> and then the thing is, um, he came out with like because I think he's like a CEO of like a small oh, okay. company, like a like a startup or something. Okay. And so he had to come out with a statement, but. Then in the comments, mm -hmm. he was still like being raised. <laughs> so it's. Yeah, bro. I actually saw a meme recently that was like, anybody that doesn't like it in the United States, they're like, well, if you don't like it here, then you should just leave, right? Oh, was it the Mean <laughs> Girls one? <laughs> yeah, I think so. And then it was like, so you're saying, so you support immigration. If you don't like it where you are, then you should go somewhere else, right? Yeah. I was like, wow, that should. Because a lot of the stuff that I see like that, I feel like it should open so many eyes. But for whatever reason, people still just. It's don't because get it. people don't like to be patronized. It's because it's because it's being mocked. Because that's when ego comes in. Because ego will make you be like, I know I'm wrong, but because they're making fun of me, yeah, I'm, bro. I will not. It's like that whole thing with the with the Black Lives versus All Lives Matter thing with the fire illusion. Like this house is on fire, oh, yeah. and the police in the uh, fire department comes, and they're like, "But what about my house?" Like. Yeah. Your house isn't on fire, but all houses matter. Yeah. So, like, if you, if I show that to somebody, like, how do you not get it? Like, I, I, there's but no way that you don't. <laughs> right. There's no way that you don't get it, bro. And it's, it's just weird to me. Like, literally thinking about some of the opinions that people have, it makes me laugh because I've tried to understand them and I, like, actually can't. So, it's like, I actually laugh at them sometimes. Like, the whole, even the whole blue lives matter thing, like, 
You chose. You, that, <laughs> that's your job, bro. You chose. I did not choose to be the color that I am. I was born this way. I remember Dave Chappelle had that in his kid. He was like, I if I could quit being black, he was like, I would do it tomorrow. <laughs> no, nah, I, I, I wouldn't like... just because, like, I, I kind of, I don't want to say, obviously, I don't yeah. enjoy the challenges that come with it, but when you, when you succeed, Given all the challenges yeah. that you have being black, it feels so much better, bro. Like I can't, sure. I can't imagine. I like if I was white and successful, I guarantee it would not feel as good as being black and successful. I think that's because you know what it's like, though. So, and I think part of the reason that people may be stubborn is because they feel like they're being attacked. And I think overall, a lot of the problems just come from a lack of empathy and yeah. understanding. Like, yeah, people kind of feel like. Uh, why would I try to understand your struggles when, like, people aren't understanding mine, right? And it's kind of, which which isn't, like, a good justification, but, like, yeah. I can see how that, w- where a lot of things might stem from that, right? Yeah. And so that that comes out when, so, let, like, let's say, like, I'm a, like, an average white person, right? Mm. And I'm hearing this stuff about, like, um, and let, let's say I make it and I'm, like, doing pretty well for myself, right? Yeah. Upper middle class, right? Mm. And then you start hearing people say you didn't deserve what you get. And I can see how, like, that's an attack because, like, no, I did put in the work for it. Mm -hmm. Like, I built up from, like, you know, better from where I started. Yeah. And, like, with Kylie being, like, a self-made billionaire, right? And the thing is, a lot of... Self-made. But the thing is, all right, I think think that's the the first reaction, right? Yeah. But I think what can kind of put it in context is that there are a lot of successful families Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of people who do get dealt those same cards. Not all of those people yeah. do what she did. Yeah. So that's why they feel like, no, I did earn it. Because it's yeah. like, my neighbor was in the same position as yeah. me, and they're not where I'm at. It's definitely true that she did work hard for what she got. The The only thing that, like, and I I also feel like on the opposite spectrum is that, like, people who aren't where she is, they're automatically going to hate because... Yeah. Jealousy is just love and hate at the same time. And just her name. Yeah. <laughs> if so it was, like, I feel like if, if it was anybody else, it'd be more like a cool, like she was able to do that. Yeah, but yeah. it's literally because she's a card Kardashian. Yeah. yeah. So, like I said, jealousy, like people are going to spew envy because they love what they're seeing from somebody, but they hate that they're seeing it from them. Obviously, when it's Kylie, they're going to hate. But, yeah, she definitely did. Like, you can't say that she didn't put herself in the position that she's in it was just there the the hand the hand that she was dealt is a lot better than the hand that somebody like somebody like you or me would be dealt right so you can't you definitely can't take the whole thing away from her and i don't think you should take anything away from her right. at all but she definitely did have it easier than most people yeah. would the thing is, like, because people will say, like, well, you were lucky to be dealt those cards. But it's like, but not everyone would have played them the same way. Yeah, exactly. And I think that a lot of the issue on both sides is that, like you said, with empathy. Like, people who are in more fortunate positions, in their eyes, they're like, why should I care if it doesn't affect me? Which is, like, first of all, it's pretty selfish. Secondly, at the same time, it's like, should you expect people to care if it doesn't affect them? Should they? Yes, but should you expect them to? I'm not sure. And um, also, you know, going along with empathy, it's like they just don't know what yeah. it's like. Ignorance like, is a big factor. They just don't know what it's like. Like, um, if if you've always been well off, you like you can hear about it, but you won't mm-hmm. know that feeling of like my parents might lose this house yeah. or like I might not eat. It's, yeah, it's they hard. Just don't it's know. hard to feel bad when you've never been in that situation. 
So I think that a lot of the progress that we're making now, no matter how big or small it is, it's because people are starting to empathize. Like people are starting to see that even though I don't know what it's like, if I try to think about it and see what it may or like, obviously you would never know exactly what it's like, but if you try to think and think of what that could be like, you would never want to be in that situation. So you should try to help who you can to get out of it. And I think that's definitely something that I personally have been working on just cause um, I'm not for the most part, like an emotional person, right? Yeah. Like, for the, for the most part, I'm really like logical structured, mm. but something I've worked on more over the past couple of years uh, has been kind of gaining that emotional intelligence, yeah. right? Just knowing people better. Mm -hmm. And the way I kind of do that, just because I don't naturally just feel it and just be like, oh, okay, I see yeah. how you feel, is kind of considering it the same way, where it's like, well, if you include this factor, this factor, this factor, it makes sense that they would feel this yeah, way. Yeah, so like you're trying to tailor the the whole thing to how you would normally think, and then that way you you better understand it. Yeah. Like, which is very smart in... In, in that way, it's allowing you to not only make yourself better by helping you understand, but it's helping others because once you start to understand, you can do your part. Right, yeah. And it's definitely something I've learned over the years because I think when you grow up, you kind of expect that everyone thinks the same way as you. And then mm. you learn later, like, no, people are way different. Yeah. Every, and, literally everything is subjective. Every situation is subjective in my eyes. Right, because two people could experience the same thing and they'll both explain it different ways. Exactly. And the thing is, you're never going to not be working with people. And so I think that's why I really started trying to figure out, like, if this is how one person prefers to think, like, mm -hmm. how would I, like, try and work with them? Yeah. Or, like, even just, like, be a friend to somebody, right? Yeah. Like, if a friend's coming to me with a problem, like, just because we're friends doesn't mean we're super, super alike. So I got to start seeing things how you see it. And then so I can be there, like, I can be a better friend to you. Yeah, that's one thing I can accredit to this whole year like having to be isolated and stuff like that is that you have to face your own thoughts in the sense that you have to like you have no choice but to grow at least mentally unless you're literally asleep the whole time because if you're just alone with your own thoughts you start to realize that a lot of the things that you think could be wrong and that's that's a lot of how I grew over the past like most of the growth I've made as a person has happened since quarantine started I was gonna say it's very easy for a lot of us to be like, 2020 as an entire year, like you kind of just look over that. But I don't think that's true because a lot of growth has mm -hmm. happened, even on the individual level. Yeah. And I think it's because, and I'm going to preface this just by saying that clearly I've been more fortunate than others at this time. Like it's been a hard time for everybody and that has been different. I'm just going to say like, I've been fortunate enough to where no one close to me has been infected. Um you know, jobs were intact. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, obviously there's stuff like yeah. that. And I think uh, what the quarantine did was it took everybody and it kind of amplified every aspect of their life. Mm -hmm. And that could be a good and bad thing going on with saying that, you know, I've been more fortunate than others. You know, if you have a shitty relationships with your parents, well, now you're home all the time. Yeah. So of course that's going to blow up more than usual. If you struggle constantly with like anxiety or depression, being trapped and with everything going on in the world, obviously yeah. that's not helping. But other things like growth, uh, you know, now you're left with yourself to really mm. just yep. look at yourself as a person. Yeah, and I feel like even in certain situations, like if you deal with anxiety or depression or things like that, 
obviously, like I said, everything is subjective. Every person is subjective. A lot of people may need someone in order to get through or even cope with things like that. But um, in other people's situations, if you're dealing with those things, having to handle them face on without any distractions could end up helping too. If anybody knew me prior to going to college at all, or even I'd say my first year and a half of college, I would not consider myself as being a good person in those years. There were so many things that I thought and so like so many ideologies that I had that now I think and I'm like, how could I have ever been that person? Like if I knew myself then, the person that I am now, I would hate myself. Like I would completely distance myself from the person that I was. And I feel like a lot of that growth I can accredit to having to deal with my own thoughts and thinking to myself. And then not only that, but with that, I was able to build more relationships with people who allowed me to um, build things like my emotional intelligence and things like that. So I think that having to deal with yourself first is the first step of trying to grow as a person. At least in my experience, that's how it worked. Definitely. And that's interesting you say that because I, I do know a lot of people where they explain like their growth as a person. And mm-hmm. for some people, they like they, they say kind of some, similar to you where it's like, their trajectory of growth was one way and then things kind of com- took like a complete like right turn right mm-hmm. um but i think like for myself i don't think there was any drastic turns i think it was just a like a steady a growth mm-hmm. and i kind of explain it as like if you knew me before i mean like what you did yeah like we've known each other forever yeah <laughs> um since we were like eleven, yeah, but uh, eleven, I think. But I, but I, but I usually say is like if you ask people who knew me when I was younger, and you tell them like where I'm at now, they would all be like, "That makes sense." Yeah, like I think I became the person that you could kind of see like as I had mm-hmm. grown up. I think so. For me, it's like it's the same type of deal. But the people who knew me personally, like knew the way that I thought and the the way that I felt about certain things, they would. If they met me now, they would meet a completely different person. Because a lot of the culture that I grew up in, like, um, a lot of the issues with um, black culture right now in a lot of the community is that it's, like, deeply rooted in misogyny and homophobia. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of what I grew up in. Like, um, in black culture, in your family, it's like, what are you doing? That's gay. Like, yeah, it's as, as yeah. if it's a bad thing. Or, like, disrespecting women is another, like big idea in black culture and it's not necessarily purposeful like it's not like we know that she's a woman so we're gonna disrespect her but it's like it happens all too often in the black community so as i'm getting older that's what i was accustomed to so that's what i was behaving in homophobia making fun of gay people and like making gay jokes and stuff like that and then not even purposefully but i wouldn't even call it accidental because it's not like i wasn't aware but it would be like I would be disrespecting women like saying oh if she behaves like this then it's wrong but if I behave the same way then it's okay because I'm a man stuff like that and then like when you realize that that's a lot of what you're doing I internalize it and I'm thinking like why is it that I feel like it's okay to behave that way and then once I'm thinking like maybe it's not and then I surround myself with people who are intelligent enough in I guess you could say woke enough to make me realize that the way that I was handling things was wrong. 
that's when I started to grow in those aspects. That takes a lot of maturity. Because, like, you know, we're still young. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. a lot of these revelations come to people, like, when they're a lot older. So to be able to say that, like, you had that in, like, your late teens is is, is pretty... A lot of the stuff that I was doing, I I wouldn't even realize how wrong it was. And it wasn't even just with women or just with the LGBTQ community. It would be with basically any person that was... That I that I felt like didn't meet my standards, I would treat them wrong, which is not at all okay. Now that I'm real, because like like I'm saying now, everybody is subjective. Everybody's situation is different. So why am I judging people based on their situations if it could very well be me in that same situation? Right. I think I had a a similar in in that uh, I placed too much emphasis on like success and like i guess intelligence for example okay, yeah so like if i met someone i'm like oh you're just stupid like it would be like i would dismiss it i guess yeah. in the past it would be dismissive it's like i don't gotta hear what you got to say because you're too stupid to say anything that yeah. like would be of substance but mm-hmm. obviously that's not the case like there are different and that's what i'm saying like where i've growth i've grown more in like emotional intelligence where mm-hmm. it's like there are talents that everybody has that aren't going to align with what you might consider like your strengths and Mm -hmm. it's going to be just as valuable to them as your strength is to you right and you need to be able to and you can still learn from it i think one thing that's grown a lot is like my appreciation for like art in general like um any type of art like music uh dance whatever or even like um like athletics because i think we had a discussion before where um it used to piss me off where you would hear about like oh this athlete went to like duke or this athlete went to stanford and it's like mm-hmm. you're telling me that dumbass got into yeah like, there yeah and i'm like talk about that yeah yeah but then like when you really consider it it's like all right now you take a school like stanford right mm-hmm. top of the top and everything but it's that's exactly it so if you if you apply and you're trying to be a doctor you're the top of your class in being you know in biology whatever mm-hmm. if you're trying to be a lawyer you're the best in law so mm-hmm. the same thing it's like if you're going to be an athlete you're still a master of your craft yeah exactly and that's where it's like just because we're not in the same lane doesn't mean i'm not still the best in my field yeah exactly exactly and i feel like a lot of that realization comes from like you said emotional intelligence being able to realize that every person like you said when you're mastering a craft it doesn't necessarily have to be the same as everyone else's and a lot of the judgment that people make is based on the fact that people aren't thinking like them so if you try to open your mind up to realize that everybody thinks of things differently, you'll realize that the way that you treat people could very well be wrong just because they're not thinking the way that you are. And with going on before, like not thinking the same way, but also not um, working the same way. The way that I work best is like you work hard at it all the time, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's performance based. Like I'm not stopping until at least this gets done today or like by the end of the week i gotta finish like this this and this if i don't like i'll just find a way to get it done yeah whereas um other people might say like and uh you know if i'm not feeling it today then you know i won't work and then tomorrow i'll work or whatever and like i think in the past i'd be like well you're just being lazy like yeah like that's just some like no one ever got far by saying like i don't feel like it like the days when you don't feel like it is the when like the days where you really have to. Mm. But then um, I took a step back, and when you consider my own justification, right, being performance or results-based, 
it might be the case that in order for this person to be the most efficient, they do need to take that rest yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. Because like them working for, you know, what is it, like 12 hours straight, uh-huh. they might get less done than if they worked, you know, two hours, took a nap, did that. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. where I started feeling like, mm-hmm. all right, you yeah. know, everyone's just different. Right. And I feel like it doesn't necessarily only go for situations like work. Like how I was saying, in a lot of black culture, when you're surrounded by a sense of whenever something is done that you would call quote unquote questionable, like eating a freaking hot dog, for example. Or a banana or something. Right. And you're talking about. It's the same thing where like they glizzy, peel the banana yeah. and they have to break it apart. Right. Like Glizzy Gobbler, like, no, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm eating a hot dog. Like, what are you talking about? So, yeah, like stuff like that. Yeah, people like to make jokes. Sometimes you you may think it's funny, but like, why is that notion placed on something like that? And then once you start to realize it, because you're making a judgment because of someone's preferences, like that's just wrong. And it's the same thing with the whole like the 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 women thing I was talking about. Like, you listen to music, and what do what does every artist talk about? Right. Getting money, but, getting yeah. but then when, like, when you know, when Cardi B, yeah, and, when Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion want to talk about having some WAP, it's a problem, right? <laughs> so when you realize the the double standards and the issues that people have, and you start to think like, that's just straight wrong, right? Because even even if it lingers and you first hear it and you're like, oh, that's kind of distasteful. But then yeah. it's like, but why are you having that reaction yeah, this time? Like, but when they, when other male rappers rap about mm-hmm. it, you don't have the same and reaction. And it's definitely a learning curve. Like, it's not like you're just gonna, the next day you're like automatically, oh yeah, I love that song. Like, no, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. Like, obviously at first you're still gonna feel a little bit uncomfortable, but you have to learn how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because like, that's the only way you're going to grow. Right. You you can't grow if you're comfortable all the time. If you're just... Because in that case, you're stagnant. If right. you're comfortable, you're stagnant and you're not growing. Right. So if you put yourself in uncomfortable situations and you realize why that uncomfort is there, you can start to change and um, deal with it. And then you won't be as uncomfortable. And then it's on to the next challenge. Yeah. It is funny, though, because like, when people will hear that and be like, well, I don't really know if I want my kids saying that. But then you think back to, like, us when we're, like, 10 and right, you're, bro. like, saying whatever. Right, <laughs> it's just, like, I, oh, so that's what it looked like. Exactly, bro. <laughs> when like, we were that old saying. People, yeah, people are talking about, I don't want my daughters listening to music like that. But you got your sons cranking any and all music, right? Yeah. So what's the issue? You got your son saying, you know, lollipop. Right. She want to lick me like a lollipop, but she can't say, she can't say park the Big Mac truck in my little garage. That's a problem. But nah, I'm not going to lie, that song hard, though. <laughs> they walked on that song. Okay. Once you start to realize those little double standards and stuff like that, and you start to see that the reason why you're uncomfortable is because of uh, what's deeply rooted, you can start to, like, remove yourself from that. And that's, like, the process that I'm in now. Yeah, like, everybody has their own growth. And I think it's important also, just going off, you know, empathy is that, you also need to view other people as a work in progress as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, because I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm perfect. Like, especially when it comes to stuff like escaping the culture of misogyny and homophobia. Like, there are still certain situations where I don't feel 100% comfortable, but I'm battling that. Like, I'm I'm starting to become more comfortable in those situations because I'm I I've seen that the way that I felt before was wrong. You know what's funny? Well, it's not funny. Um, uh, but I think it's dumb. Is a uh, 
uh, for people that kind of are like uh, homophobic is they'll say some shit like uh, like I'm okay with them, but like don't do that near me. Don't, don't do it near me, or like if if let's say like um a friend came to them yeah. and said like that they that they were gay. Uh-huh. They were like, oh well, like they'll like try to keep their space, but it's like. Yeah. Who said just because they were gay that they're attracted to you? Yeah, like, bro, like, like you, both girls and guys that. can think you're ugly. Like, yeah, like you're not all that in a bag of chips, bro. <laughs> that made that makes no sense to me, bro. Because like, I used to be one of those people who'd be like, yeah, I don't have no problem with gay people. Just don't touch me. Don't. Damn, but who I'm says like, they well, wanted? Yeah, nobody said that they wanted to touch me. Like, why was I thinking like that? Like, that's so dumb. And then not even that. It's like. Yeah, you're not used to seeing gay relationships or anything like that, so you're like, oh, I don't want to see that. But like I said, that's those are situations where you need to learn to be comfortable because just because it's a man and a man versus a man and a woman or a woman and a woman versus a woman and a man, that doesn't mean that it's wrong. Like, right. You love who you love. So if you're if you're seeing a relationship, whether it, like no matter who the relationship is between, like it shouldn't make you feel like it shouldn't be happening just because it's not what you're used to seeing. Right, and and I think also sometimes there could be, like, an overcorrection. So, like, um, let's say you say at first, you know, I'm not used to seeing two guys kiss, right? Yeah. And then, like, you're out in public and you see two guys kissing, that's fine, right? But then, um, let's say you see two guys kiss and they're, like, making out all over each other, biting each other. It's like, see, whether you were straight or gay, I still don't yeah, want to see yeah. that in public. Because, like I said, <laughs> it does, it shouldn't matter who the relationship is with. If it's something that would make you uncomfortable no matter who it was, then it's just, okay, that just makes you uncomfortable. But if you're judging the relationship just because of the types of people that are in it, that's wrong. People would even have that reaction, uh, you know, like for interracial relationships. Bro, I'm not going to lie. I did. I was in an interracial relationship and we were like walking in the mall, bro. And this white man literally, it was an older white man, looked at us and started shaking his head. And I, Damn. I, bro, I laughed at him, bro. It was so funny. Like, I was like, dang, he's really hurt. Like that, like Damn. whenever, like I've experienced stuff like that. I don't want to say a lot, but it's happened. Yeah. And I don't know what it is, but when it does happen to me, it makes me laugh. Wow. Like that's real. Like people yeah. actually feel this way. Like there's been times where I've been like accused of shoplifting or stuff or something like that in the store. And I will actually laugh. And then they get mad because they feel disrespected at me laughing at them. But it's like, wow, bro, like, you're actually racist. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. And it's not like I'm laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's like, I never, obviously, you know it's real. But, like, when you experience it, it's like. It's different. Yeah, it's like, wow, bro, that's crazy. Yeah. And that's the thing also where, uh, you know, there are the, you know, people saying, you know, racism ain't real anymore. Like, those days are over with. Yeah, and nah, it's because, like. They just hear about it, but, like, when you experience it, Yeah, when you it, experience it, you know. But, like I said, I don't laugh because it's funny. I'm just, like, I don't know. I just get triggered. It's, like, that's really crazy. And the thing that's kind of wild is you'll see, like, stand-up artists talk about stuff, or you might see, like, skits about stuff, and mm-hmm. you might be, like, well, that character's kind of, like, unrealistic. But then, like, real-life people are the craziest. Like, yeah. There are Bro. some real life shit that happens where if you go, like, if this was in a movie, I wouldn't have thought it was real. Exactly, <laughs> bro. Like, especially with everything that's going on now, like, more and more people are getting exposed with stuff that they're doing. And it's like, you would never, like, the only way that you would have pictured that, and you wouldn't even have pictured that if it was in a movie. Like, if it was, you'd be like, wow, that's that's crazy, too. So, like, the best thing that I think has come from this year is 
like we were talking about before, not only the individual growth that people are making, but like the, especially our generation, I feel like is taking steps in the right direction socially too, or at least on the verge of that. Like, cause obviously we're nowhere near where we want to be, but we're taking like extremely slow steps to where we should be. The way I see it um, is I think what generally might happen as a trend is, so there's like a couple stages, right? There's a the recognition of a problem, right? Mm-hmm. So like you know you become woke, right? Yeah. And then uh you know there's the awareness like okay I recognize this problem let's make sure everybody else recognizes this problem. Yeah. And then there's the uh like and then what I would say is an overcorrection. So you and I think that's where we're at now or like we're on the verge of it happening. I think we're still in the middle of like awareness and like overcorrection because then what eventually happens is like. And you see it a lot when comedians talk about it, where it's like, now I feel like I can't say anything. Yeah. Right? And so that's like the overcorrection, where it's like, anything you say, like, we're going to be like, that's sexist. Anything you say could be like, that's racist, right? And then a kind of like a settling, like a bounce back and then like a settling in the middle. Okay. Okay. So you feel like it's from, you start here and then you go extreme and then you come back to like... Somewhere like in the... Yeah. So I feel like... um, I see what you mean with the overcorrection, and I have seen, like, the whole cancel culture thing is, like, kind of ties into that. So, like, yeah, I feel like in a lot of situations, people have to be given the chance to grow. And then once people start to realize stuff like that, that's where you start to get back to, like, where you said. But I I honestly feel like we're far from that. Yeah. Because even, like, even in this overcorrection phase that we're approaching, not enough people are overcorrecting like right because it's still... still to the point where you're saying like cancel culture is fake anyway yeah. it's like yeah they correct you online but like in person yeah. like not much actionable yeah everybody are... everybody wants yeah. to hate doja cat on twitter i guarantee you if they seen doja cat in the mall hey can i get a picture you exactly. like if they see her in the mall they'll do the say so tiktok <laughs> right in front of her <laughs> right <laughs> right oh right. man i guess we'll wrap up right about now but this has been the first episode thanks for listening There'll be more. We'll be back. Yeah, I will. All right.